Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sustainability Podcast. My name is Gavin Simon, and today we are going to be going over the January 2024 Energy Regulation Roundup and the February 2024 Energy Regulation Roundup. February was a busy month for ARC Advisory Group. We hosted our 28th Annual Leadership Forum in Orlando, Florida. So this episode is a special double jam-packed episode of two months of Energy Regulation Roundup. If you need a refresher, the Global Energy Regulation Roundup is dedicated to capturing and understanding emerging climate, energy, and reporting measures and regulations. As you may know, international governments are increasingly establishing stricter policies on emissions reporting, trade, and energy. The purpose of this monthly blog and podcast is to highlight approaching regulations and educate key stakeholders about their effects. The blog format of this regulation roundup can be found on arcweb.com and I will be posting these monthly and they go along with the corresponding podcast as well. So let's get started with January 2024. The European Union. Lawmakers in the European Parliament adopted a new anti-greenwashing law banning certain commercial practices. These practices include the use of unproven generic product claims such as environmentally friendly or climate neutral or any marketing of a product as having a reduced environmental impact based on the use of emissions offsetting scheme. A recent study conducted by the EU Commission found that more than half of the green claims by companies in the EU were vague or misleading, and 40% of those statements were not backed up with real facts or corresponding data. Key aspects of this anti-greenwashing law include rules aimed at making product labels clearer by banning the use of generic environmental claims not backed up with actual proof, and the regulation of sustainability labels to allow only the use of those based on official certification schemes or established by public authorities. The law will also ban the use of claims based on offsetting schemes that indicate that a product has a neutral, reduced, or positive impact on the environment. The new legislation must now be approved by the EU Council, which reached a provisional agreement in September with Parliament on the proposals before passing it into law. Once published in the EU's official journal, member states will have two years to integrate the rules into national law. Additionally, the European Commission is set to recommend the EU to reduce its net greenhouse gas emissions by 90% by 2040. I found this pretty interesting because usually we have been following a net zero scheme by 2050, but the EU realizes the amount of work that this is going to take. So they are going a step further and basically saying, let's get to 90% by 2040 with baseline 1990 levels to ensure that the EU bloc has the enough resources to achieve net zero emissions by 2050, which is a whole 10 years. This will be the EU's first 2040 target, and its current target aims to reach net zero by 2050 and 55% by 2030. In the United States, President Biden announced a pause in approvals for pending and future applications for the exportation of liquefied natural gas. The DOE will use this time to conduct a review that looks at the economic, environmental impacts of projects seeking approval in Europe and Asia and where the fuel is in hot demand. 
Administration officials have vowed that the pause would not hurt allies as it has an exemption for national security should they need more LNG. The U.S. recently has become the top LNG exporter after the Ukrainian war to offset the loss of Russian imports into the EU. Over the past two years, more than 60% of U.S. LNG exports ended up in Europe. Currently, there are over 10 billion cubic feet of natural gas pipeline infrastructure under construction. The last review of LNG export projects was in 2018, when export capacity was 4 billion cubic feet per day. That capacity has tripled and is set to shoot higher by 2030, with projects currently under construction. Lastly, in China, they have issued their first set of proposed standards for recycling retired onshore wind turbines laying the foundation for tackling supply chain sustainability challenges arising from renewable energy generation. The country will generate an estimated 13 million tons of wind turbine waste by 2050. The proposed standards prioritize the reuse and recycling of wind blades by banning landfilling and burning, according to the report published by the National Energy Administration. For the other components, such as the blade hubs or towers, recycling should involve physically blasting and cutting them into small pieces and using magnetic sorting to extract recoverable metals. Recycling of the decommissioned equipment is essential as it reduces waste, improves resource efficiency, and prevents pollution and ground or surface water contamination. Okay guys, so let's now move on to the February 2024 Energy Regulation Roundup. Let's begin with the United States. The California Public Utilities Commission approved a sweeping plan to reduce the state's yearly electric sector greenhouse gas emissions to 25 million metric tons by 2035. This is down 60% compared to the 2020 emissions level. This new goal will require the state to build out an additional 56 gigawatts of clean energy generation, solar, and additional energy storage with 4 gigawatts of offshore wind energy being produced. The CPUC also looked at the resource planning and transmission build-out required for this goal and has recommended that the California Independent System Operator use the 25 million metric tons of greenhouse gas emissions target as the basis for transmission. Build-out of transmission infrastructure is one of the key issues of connecting new clean energy projects to the grid. It is quintessential to plan far in advance to ensure the transmission is there when you actually need it. Additionally, the Environmental Protection Agency released a proposal that would set a maximum level of 9 to 10 micrograms of fine particle pollution per cubic meter of air, commonly known as soot, down from 12 micrograms. The previous limit was set a decade ago and unchanged in the previous administration. The EPA's proposal would require states, counties, and tribal governments to meet a stricter air quality standard for fine particulate matter. Now let's move on to China. At the beginning of the month, China state planners announced plans to adapt the pricing mechanisms for services essential to keeping the power supply stable and markets that are 
increasingly becoming dependent on wind and solar as the country aims to create its first national electricity market by 2030. So basically, they are creating pricing mechanisms to deflect the intermittency issues of renewable energy, such as wind and solar. The National Development and Reform Council stated that it would promote the development of an ancillary services market suited to the development needs of a new energy system. The announcement also includes plans to focus on pricing mechanisms for standby capacity and peak shaving, which takes place when power companies buy power from quick ramping sources such as energy storage systems to meet spikes in demand. This announcement is among a series of documents that are setting out the rules for a national electricity market by 2025, with the market's target date to start in 2030. To close off the month of February, let's go over to the EU. At the beginning of the month, the EU Commission made a provisional agreement between the EU Parliament and the Council on the Net Zero Industry Act, the NZIA. All of these acronyms. This agreement will support the EU in becoming a hub for domestic clean technology manufacturing and increase the capacity of such technologies within the EU. The NZIA aims to mark the EU as a competitive player in clean technology industry and support the creation of green jobs and a resilient economy, while also achieving the Union's climate net neutrality goal by 2050. This act will ensure the EU manufacturing capacity for net zero technologies to reach at least 40% of expected EU demand by 2030. The NZIA will also reduce administration burdens and simplify the permitting process for net zero technologies. This agreement sets an EU objective to reach an annual 50 million tons of injection capacity in geological CO2 storage sites in the EU by 2030. What struck me was the similarity of the NZIA to the United States Inflation Reduction Act because both of these have an emphasis on domestic manufacturing and they both focus on becoming a competitor within the clean technology manufacturing space. So pretty interesting stuff happening across the EU, China, and the United States. Once again, thank you so much for joining me today on the episode of the Sustainability Podcast and the Energy Regulation Roundup. In the meantime, if you have a new story that you would like me to cover in the next month's installment of the Roundup, please reach out to gsimon at arcweb.com. I'm really looking forward to next month and I hope to see you there.